Boy, did the World Baseball Classic not disappoint. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'd like to thank you for making us your first listen every day. With me, as always, my producer, Steve Granado. Steve, let's tell everyone what we got on today's episode. A little bit later, coming up in the show, we're going to talk about Luis Severino and how his spring has gone. It's a little weird. Um, we also wanted to talk about Matt Crook and potentially being in the Yankees' bullpen. We'll break that down in our third segment. But, Stacy, man, the World Baseball Classic final, USA-Japan. Can I start? Sure. I want to start. Yeah. As I've told on this show, I think only one time, I'm an Angels fan. That was the most stressful at bat I have ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> Let's just break down the Trout versus Otani at bat. What ended up getting him on strikes, the pit ball three, of course it went full. Of course it went. Of full. course, of course. Ball three, 102 that he pulled and dipped into the dirt. Mm-hmm. The very next pitch is a sweeping slider from the inside part at the knees to the outside part of the plate, actually off of the plate at 87. Yeah. Trout swung and missed, but go back and watch that at bat again. He was on time. Yeah. In what world <laughs> is it physically possible to be on time from 102 to 87 in the biggest at-bat of your life? Yeah. Trout spat on a couple of 100-mile heaters. He never swung outside of the zone. What, like, that is just the two best players on the planet facing mm -hmm. each other yeah. for, with everything on the line. Like, I can't believe that we, A, got that matchup, B, got it in a final, and C, got it in that situation. In the final at bat of the final. I mean, you couldn't script that. That's one of those, you know, baseball announcers say it all the time. Like, oh, Hollywood n would never script this or could never script this. And it's like, how but did this couldn't. happen? Yeah. You could not script that at bat. It's, I'm still, like, we're recording this what, 20 minutes after the last out? <laughs> so I'm still, my blood is still pumping. Steve needed a moment because when we- I, I literally texted you and it wasn't because I was busy. I texted no. you like, I need a second. No, I knew from when you said I needed, I need a second. I thought, oh, he's totally hyped up from that at bat. He has to calm down. <laughs> I can't believe how good of an at bat that was. It really was. That was better than Trout's second at bat. Yeah. When he struck out. Yeah, on that splitter. <laughs> That splitter. The splitters were flying like crazy. Uh-huh. Man, Japan's good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I, I know you had some points you wanted to make about it, and I don't want to steal the whole first No, no, no. Here, that's, that's perfectly fine. But I find it interesting that, yes, I, I, the, the other teams throughout the tournament, yes, they're extremely exciting. I, I really fell in love with the Mexico team, and um, I, I really like the Venezuela team. Like, there were a lot of teams that were really exciting. But – the difference between Japan and those teams, and maybe you could throw Great Britain in there as well and, and the Czech Republic, but for Japan, 
the majority of those players don't play in the United States. Right. So you really feel it really feels more intense because it's this is Japan versus US, like straight up. Like, yes, US versus Mexico, but you know, I've seen Joey Manessis and Randy Rosarena. I've watched a thousand times. Like, yeah. But this one just had a different feel to it. And I mean, it came down to one run because how perfect is that? Like, yeah. What a perfect tournament this was. Yeah. A perfect tournament. I will admit, I was slightly worried with Merrill Kelly just because I thought in the final, having him start and just with the way things went in that second inning, they could have gotten a lot. They could have gotten a lot worse for worse. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the fact that it was 3 2. You know, and as you said, you know, Trout Otani, final at bat in the final, 3-2 count, <laughs> strikes him out. Just I mean, the, <laughs> the only way that could have gotten better is if there were like the tying run was on or like, yeah. you know, yeah, like there was a couple of bad double play balls that ended up being the undoing for U.S. They pitched better. I mean, Devin Williams, gosh, man, he's so good. Yeah. He is so good. Um, Yeah, I mean, U.S. played pretty well it was a couple of double play balls that just ruined it right yeah. they had that momentum swing late and then uh that turned into nothing and then i mean bookie bets how many double plays did he roll into last year like <laughs> yeah man man because man. they said i believe at one point the u.s were oh for six with runners in scoring position yeah. and i think it was with mookie's thing it was uh Oh no, it wasn't. I think it was. I think it ended up being zero for six. But Might whatever. Like I, 0 for, yeah. 0 well, for yeah, six no, because seven. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, without looking at the box, but man. Yeah. I, it's it's crazy, and and I think I, I said it before the tournament started that I thought this was going to be the tournament to end all tournaments. Like I felt like the WBC this year was going to be the best thing that we're ever going to have. And not to toot my own horn, but man, was I right? You were. Because I mean, like, yes, all eyes are going to focus on that last at bat, as they probably should. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, some of the matchups along the way, I mean, that Mexico-Venezuela game to open up Pool C was incredible. Uh, the U.S. comeback, the, the Trey Turner slam, like it was everything Japan did, like everything Japan did. Yeah. Um, you they know, Great lose. Britain's first win. Like, I, there's so many incredible moments. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't have asked for a better tournament unless the USA came out on top. <laughs> That's literally the only thing that didn't happen for me. Right. You know, sure, we were wrong when we said the DR was going to win. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a story in itself. Yeah. How, how, how disappointing the Dominican Republic was. Yeah. It was, it was, it was great. And um, I saw a tweet from my former editor. At Sporting News, Jason Foster, and I think he brought up a pretty good point about the WBC. He said, one of the best things about the World Baseball Classic is that it starts the baseball season rather than ending it. So it gets you hyped and you don't have to be sad that baseball is over. That's refreshing. I do like that. Although yeah. opening day is going to feel a little lame. Well, yes, <laughs> that's true. Because you're going to have a whole lot of lameness leading up to more exciting games. Yeah. But at least it's not over. We don't have the dark winter to look forward to. Now we're looking forward to spring starting and baseball yeah. starting, you know, the baseball season starting. And man, that was great. I'm actually on a high from that. And I'm not an Angels fan, but it was just amazing theater. Seriously, yeah. you couldn't yeah, have asked for anything better. It's David Freeze times a million. Yeah. Like, it really is. Like, wow. I, I hope everybody enjoyed it. And I hope that not only did people enjoy that game, but people, like, realized how incredible the sport is throughout the world for non-baseball fans. Like, I think that broke through. Like, 
I was seeing it popping up on Instagram accounts that like don't ever talk about sports and they just happen to be talking about it. Like I think what the World Baseball Classic is going to do now for baseball um, is really excel it at a rate that we've never seen. Yeah. Um, and I think now that the U.S. has lost <laughs> a, t- a title by one run. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't pitching on on Tuesday night. But I think now that that opens the floodgates of I think we're all in now. Oh, yeah. I think that they're going to be because they they announced that it's definitely happening in 2026. Uh, like, no, you know, we're not surprised that baseball. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to do this again because this was the, one of the best things ever. Um, but I think you're going to see more stars step up in 2026 and want to experience the same thing that happened in 2023, except winning this time. the tournament is heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and even threes drained plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So Luis Severino pitched on Tuesday and hmm, how shall we put this? It's worrisome (laughs) a little bit a little bit worrisome um some aspects of the game were okay you know he struck out nine and four innings which is pretty good but there are certain pitches of his that are up and that's scary because in his first outing of spring he was leaving pitches up I just thought that maybe it was excitement because it was his first start of spring and you know it's his walk year and he's looking to impress people and maybe he was just a little too hyped up but I'm noticing in the footage that I'm seeing of him he tends to be leaving too many pitches up and they're getting hit yeah it's not good the the four seamer is up his fastball velocity on Tuesday is right at his average from last year's average last season was 96.3 and he was 96.2 Uh, on Tuesday. So he's right there. Um, So that's not the concern. Uh, Part of the concern too, is the changeup was up too. Um, the, the bomb he gave up to Kerry Carpenter in the first inning uh, was a changeup middle away to him. Big left-handed bat Kerry Carpenter, by the way, Uh, I anticipate him being up at the Tigers this season. Really, really big season for him last year. He had a great season last year. Um, But yeah, it's concerning. Uh, We've talked a lot about, and we've said uh, over and over, we don't necessarily care about spring numbers, but at this point, Sevi is lined up to make only one spring training start left. He only has one left. Yeah. Um, Sunday the 26th against the Blue Jays. So after that, it's opening day. Yeah. And right now with the Nestor climb back up, if you will, Sevi's going to be the number two starter. Uh, and that's a little alarming. I think what I was telling you, Stacy, before we started recording was, you need to stop thinking about Luis Severino as Luis Severino. And right now you need to think about him as the number two starter. Yeah. 
because when we were projecting everything before injuries happened, we were thinking maybe he would be the four after Cole, Rodone, Cortez, or whatever order they put them in. Um, and then it would be between Schmidt and Herman. And now because of injuries, <laughs> you have to have Severino at two, because as you said, Cortez is still being stretched out. He's only made one start spring and also as you said opening day is next week we're there we're it's right there you can nearly touch it and uh, Cortez needs to get stretched out more before anything happens so don't even look for Cortez to get past like he's gonna have a pitch limit for at least the first maybe two weeks of the season and you're gonna need to rely on Luis Severino and it's not that he's giving up two runs in four innings it's that he's for me, the problem is he's doing it right away. So he's putting the team in a hole right away. It's not one of those instances where he pitches okay for the first three innings and then runs into trouble and, oh, he gives up a two-run home run or he gives up this and that. He's starting off badly and then kind of recovering. And if it's a game where the team has one of those days where they just can't hit the opposing pitcher, two runs might be the only thing that the other team needs to win a game. Yeah, because remember we were watching Garrett the other day and uh, it was, what, the fourth inning? Is when he ran into issues, right? Uh, fifth, fifth yeah. inning, yeah. Mm-hmm. First four innings were cleaning, and the then the fifth, yeah, yeah. Um, here are here are the numbers if you want to compare spring outings for Luis Severino. Again, we don't take full stock into these, but it is a little alarming. But I wanted to show mostly last season versus this season. Of course, he had way more outings uh, this season in spring training, but numbers are fairly similar. He had a balloon DRA last year, gave up seven earned and seven and two thirds. Uh, walked five batters, only struck out four. But I think the good news here is like with that Tuesday start, he struck out nine. Yeah. And uh, so he has 23 strikeouts in 15 innings, only six walks. But he has given up 15 earned in 15 innings. And this is the alarming one. Six bombs. Yeah. Six homers in 15 innings is atrocious. That's yeah. really, really really bad. Um, yeah. And again, it comes back to our point of he's leaving things up in the zone. And that's, and it's, it's worrisome. I think there you don't push panic, but I think you are definitely thinking about it going into Sunday. Can he correct the problem that fast mm. in order for him to be ready for day two of the season? Yeah. And we had mentioned the velocity. It's similar to last year. It's down from his last full season. We talked about this too before the show. His last full season was 2018. That is a long time ago. And this is the year where, Luis Severino is going to be entering free agency and he wants to put on a show for people. And, um, you know, again, it's spring, but as you said, this is worrisome. The six home runs is the bad thing that we're all looking at because six walks to 23 strikeouts, that's a great ratio, you know, and he usually has that type of a ratio where he does strike out people a lot, but the six home runs is alarming because he's leaving those pitches up and you can hit pitches when they're up in the zone, they're kind of like cookies, like the um, the home run that uh, Trey Turner hit against Venezuela. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cookie 86 slider, middle, middle. Yeah, yeah cookie. Um, yeah, and I think, again, it's, it's again, when we're looking at those charts from Tuesday, specifically, it's the fastball. Yeah. So, it, and, and guys are getting better and better at hitting fastballs. Um, you mentioned that the average velocity has been slightly down from his last full season by one mile an hour to be granted. Right. right. So it's not like a massive five mile an hour drop off or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But as guys start throwing harder and harder, batters start catching up. And 96 doesn't look like it looked like in 2018 anymore. 96 might look like 94 now yep. to a lot of hitters. And that maybe on the layman side doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a big difference. Two miles an hour is a big difference. Um, it's something that I'm certainly going to be watching out for, especially in the month of April, is how is that fastball move? Uh, has he abandoned his cutter, the, what he started throwing last year? Um, and and is he going to be able to keep it down? His changeup overall save Tuesday stays down. His slider stayed down very well on Tuesday, so those aren't too alarming. I think it was just a couple of bad pitches uh, on Tuesday, but if you can't keep your fastball and, and changeup down, then you really have to rely on that slider, um, which, again, he looked well, he looked good on Tuesday, but you can't be the number two starter with one pitch. That's <laughs> too much. Right. And it's funny, you mentioned the whole velocity things. I was going to say the same thing. Guys are throwing harder and harder. And 96 compared to 98, 99, and even 100 these days, it's a big difference. I'm really excited about our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Baseball GM. Have you ever dreamed of being Brian Cashman and managing your own baseball team? Well, you can in this game. You get to manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the coaches and the staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, and managing difficult personalities. You basically navigate your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable online. You can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Yankees listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out to download the game. Just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. So the athletic was putting out what the possible roster was going to be for opening day. And they included Matt Crook, left-hander Matt Crook in the opening day roster. So we're going to talk about that because he'd be the second left-handed option along with Wandy Peralta in the bullpen for the Yankees. Yeah. I think that's probably why. Yeah. Uh, if you remember a couple of days ago, we gave out our projected opening day roster and Matt Crook did not make it. Um, we had uh, Greg Weissert there instead. With Weissert, however, that would give you seven righties and one lefty. So the Yankees are very right-handed heavy in the pen. And uh, so I, I think that's what the thinking was here for Cuddy, um, putting Crookie on the, on the opening day roster. He, he's pitched pretty well here in spring. Uh, you're looking at those on screen now if you're watching on our YouTube side. But, uh, yeah, his, he hasn't thrown more than three innings in any one outing. But I still think overall he's looked pretty good. Uh, you know, his, save his one bad outing on the 11th against Philadelphia, gave up three runs in two and two-thirds, five hits. Uh, but he did strike out three. I've talked about him in the past, but for those who have missed that conversation, he reminds me a lot of Jared Weaver in that he – does not have 98, 99 electric slider with this insane cut. Like he doesn't have it, but he's kind of a magician 
in the way he gets guys out. His pitches have late movement. Um, he likes to to challenge hitters. He likes to throw in on hitters, in on the hands. And um, and that's – he had a mixed bag of 2022. He had outings where he was God's gift to man, and then he had outings where he was throwing underhand. And it was it was so weird to watch because on those bad days, you're like, look, I know you can do this. <laughs> you are masterful at times. Um, and he took a perfect game into the eighth inning last season. Like he, he was really, really good at points. He opened his opening day outing was incredible. Um, so there are times where Matt Crook is is really impressive, and he's been around the block a little bit. Uh, he was a Rule Five pickup. He got added to the forty back in November. So the Yankees feel, I think, semi confident in him, and I think. Partially right now, though, the reason why he's in this conversation is more so a lack of left-handed options. And when he wasn't pitching well last season, that's when he jumped into the long relief role. He would piggyback a lot. Um, the Rail Riders also at the time had too many starters, especially when Clark Schmidt came back or Sears was there and Weber was there. It's like, we have just too many starters right now. Um, so you'd see Crook, he, he at one point lost the starter role. So it's been it was a winding road for him. Um, I don't think he would be up with the club all season. I think that's a guy that might get sent down to figure things out again. Mm. If I had to venture a guess, but again, I think the springs look pretty good. Save one outing. Yeah, yeah. And if you were looking at the graphic on YouTube, you'll notice that he's pitching not a lot because he's normally not in the bullpen. He's usually a starter. So that's why they're kind of spacing him out. I guess in case he doesn't start with the Yankees and he goes down to Scranton, he'll be stretched out the way he's supposed to be stretched out, which makes sense because when I first looked at the graphic, I was kind of confused. And then when Steve explained it to me, I thought, oh, yes. Okay, that makes that makes total sense. Yeah, he's going like every six days right now. Yeah. Um, he would be lined up to pitch on the 23rd if they continue on that trend every six days. Um, that's uh, this Thursday. Yes, that's tomorrow by the time you're watching this. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I I think you're right that it would be, you know, starting in Scranton, relieving in New York. There also could be the possibility that if he starts in Scranton, they have him start in the pen. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, you know, some guys there. We're, we're anticipating maybe Will Warren might be with the Rail Riders this season as well. We talked about him in our uh, Somerset Patriots preview um, so yeah, there's still, there's still things to be ironed out, but just that crook is in the conversation is a testament to him. Again, he was a rule five pickup. Um, and, and you know, he had that Rocky season last year, uh, but man, the highs were high. That's for sure. And I really like Matt crook. I'd be very curious to see how his stuff plays in the major leagues though. Yeah. And when you mentioned earlier, how right-handed heavy the Yankees are in the bullpen, I thought to how right-handed heavy they are in the lineup too, but it stands to reason because, um, you know, left-handed people aren't that common and left-handed pitchers aren't that common. So (laughs) that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I hope good things happen for him because that would be a really cool story. You know, it'd be cool if he did start with the big club and contributed as probably a long man, right? Coming out. Yeah. I don't, there'd have to be injuries for him to start. Yeah, for sure. Which for sure. 
let's not yeah. put that out into the universe. We've had enough of we've had enough injuries in the starting rotation. Baseball gods, please don't do that to us. Please. Yeah, and it might end up being a Ryan Weber situation anyway. Even if there were, it would have to be like two injuries. I think then would would slide him into the starter role. Right, and it could be a situation where he starts a game as an opener, maybe. And that yeah. he would only pitch a few innings and it wouldn't be like they'd expect him to, they wouldn't stretch him out to like six or seven innings. It might yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, we saw him go into the eighth last year. Yeah. And that was obviously the anomaly. That was the near perfect game. And it was, I think it was one out in the eighth. Um, then he like gave up an infield single, then walked a batter, and then they pulled him or something like that. So, mm. um, <laughs> but it was incredible. I mean, that night was electric. That place was buzzing and it was awesome. It was really awesome. And, and he's a great guy. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, so I, I think he will find some success, but I think it's going to take some time for him once he gets to the majors. Yeah. Make sure to check out our Yankees 2023 preview playlist on YouTube linked in the episode description with everything you could want to know about the upcoming season, which is just over a week away and coming up tomorrow, our preview of Scranton Wilkes bar with Adam Marco. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball with Matt and Dom as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies every day. Find it wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We'll see you tomorrow.